Signing day officially ends for the Arkansas Razorback football team, but really had no changes to everything. We're going to talk a lot about recruiting and what the Razorback football class looks like with Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. This is the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. We're going to talk a lot of recruiting today on the podcast, which I know a lot of Razorback fans have been interested in, especially with the Razorback football team. And there is no one better to do it than the welcome in Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette as well as wholehogsports.com. And Richard, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Doing great, John. I appreciate it. Uh, just avoiding the uh, avoiding the outside uh, elements, but uh, all good. Yeah, I know. It's definitely uh, pretty nasty there in the state of Arkansas. So if you're out in it, please be safe. But uh, I, I, I'll start with this, Richard. And I'm, you've been covering recruiting for a very long time. And I remember growing up as a kid and growing up as a Razorback fan and how much I look forward to that day in February, you know, National Signing Day and all the TVs and, you know, the hats getting put on the heads and all that stuff. And ever since the early signing period or the early signing day has put in has been put into place, it seems like that signing day and then this is the late signing period. So uh, what was what's that change in that transition been like for where it used to be one day, but now you have two different times to be able to talk about and have signings for football recruiting? Well, for me, uh, it was kind of strange yesterday. I was talking to somebody uh, in the business that covers another SEC school, and I was saying, man, I, I just slept in. I slept in until about 7, 7.30. Usually, you know, on signing day, I'm, I'm, I'm up around 5 o'clock or whatever getting ready for, uh, for all the activity and, and to see, you know, to see them have everything basically wrapped up. Most schools have everything wrapped up after the early signing period. And it's uh, just taken away all the drama of December and January because a lot of times in the old days when it was just February, you would have a lot of a lot of kids visiting, uh, other schools flipping, and and it was uh, it was very stressful for the for the coaches, all of them involved. Uh, and it, I'm I'm telling you, it was draining just covering it because you just never knew what was going to come next sometimes. So uh, I think uh, if you're looking at the pros and cons, I think the pros are the early signing period allows the coaching staffs, you know, especially the ones getting ready for bowl games, to really be locked in on the bowl games and not having to worry about recruiting and, and trying to be in contact and making sure that no one's going to flip on them. And, uh, and it's also good for the kids. Uh, they get it out of the way and they, they can focus on, uh, you know, enjoying the, uh, the holidays don't have to go through February. I mean, January, we're, you know, being in contact with other coaches and stuff like that. I think it's a win-win overall. I think uh, there was some talk about, uh, you know, uh, eliminating uh, the early signing period and going to uh, going back to the old way. And, but I think a lot of that was only because Florida, LSU, Oklahoma, and USC and some other high-profile schools uh, had openings, and, and all of a sudden it's a big issue. Uh, it wasn't a big issue when Arkansas had to go through it two times. So uh, I, I hope it doesn't change. I think it's it's a good thing for everybody involved, to be honest with you. 
Well, I know that you wrote the uh, the article and talked about how the fact that Arkansas had uh, really uh, no signees or anything really moving on signing day. And, you know, I think that's, of course, you know more than I do. Sam Pittman has done a really good job and his staff of putting together a really solid recruiting class uh, this past fall. But just kind of take us through the fact of them not having signee, any signings. Was that something that was planned upon? Are they still working that transfer portal? What's kind of the latest update on scholarship availability and who or possibly what they may bring in uh, from this point on? I think you're going to look at two, uh, two more uh, two more transfer portal uh, additions at some point. When I couldn't tell you. I think it's we're looking mainly at the defensive line. Uh, could be a guy that uh, comes up available at another position that they go, wow, we we can't we can't not take this guy. He's a difference maker. So you you, you never say you know uh, we're we're not going to take another position, especially when somebody like a game changer, a guy that can really help your team, uh, you you make room in that type situation. But, uh, you know, right now, because of how recruiting has just been so, uh, I guess, pushed up. I mean, used to, I, I'd rarely ever write about sophomores, rarely. And probably about five, six years ago, that started happening. Now you have eighth, ninth graders getting offered. So the everything's accelerated. And by the first first game of the year, most recruiting classes are pretty much finished, except for maybe, you know, two or three or a handful more kids. So, uh, you know, right now, just I think you're going to see uh, two two more additions. And uh, we have to look back on what happened last year on the defensive line. All three of those guys, all three starters were transfers. They were added in the spring. So I know some fans would love to see uh, – you know, all that uh, already wrapped up, but it's not the case. So I don't, I don't think it's really something to be panicky about. Well, and I know that, uh, I guess, depending on who you look at when it comes to recruiting services and rankings and everything, but uh, 24-7 sports uh, after yesterday has Arkansas as the 13th ranked in the SEC recruiting class, uh, but still a, a top 30 recruiting class. And some people see that and Razorback fans see that and they're like, uh, okay, so what happened? What's going on here? Uh, I mean, what do you make of the, the rankings as far as the class go? Because I also know Miles Rouser, I guess, was one of those players that you were counting on getting a signing, but it looked like uh, he ended up going to Campbell to play football. So if you could just elaborate right. on that and what was the situation with him? Well, uh, you know, that something happened back in, in November that uh, didn't allow uh, Arkansas to go forward with him. And that any any time a young man goes from an SEC school to uh, you know an FCS school, uh, you know something's up. And Arkansas obviously had to back off of him. Wish Miles the best. Uh, we're still you know that I know the 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 classes the class kind of slipped a little bit because uh, he was taken off the list. You remember that's just one guy. That's one guy. Used to, I mean, th this is still the same class everybody was excited about before uh, yesterday when, when you know, he was officially taken off the list. Uh, and it's it's still a very good class. It's something to look at, you know, for next year, Arkansas is in good shape at the safety position. Obviously, you would have loved to have him, you know, uh, back there for more depth. You're not going to have that, but you still have – you know, another year of uh, a slusher and and Catalan, and I think uh, they they have some uh, 
capable backups there to, to, to get a few snaps here or there. But you start looking at the portal again and um, maybe uh, add another safety or, you know, you just uh, kind of take care of it in the next recruiting class. So I understand, you know, it's, it's, it's just one guy, but understand, you know, that, that one guy uh, did uh, make the recruiting uh, rankings dip a little bit. But I, I don't think it was like if it was three or four or five guys of the class uh, not uh, showing up, uh, that, that, that would be an issue, definitely. But uh, the vast majority of the class, 16 of the guys, are already on campus, and that's huge. We'll continue our conversation with Richard Davenport and talking recruiting here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Bet Online and how they have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the playoffs right to the big game here in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, your podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates on current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new, amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Uh, BetOnline.net, where the game starts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, still joined by Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Hoagsports.com. And, and we're talking a lot of recruiting. And Richard, the thing that I feel like Razorback fans have obviously been very excited about Sam Pittman and the job he's done so far and the recruiting that he's done so far. But the one thing that I'm sure that you've been asked about and has been pointed to is defensive line. You know, the coaching changes there at defensive line, the lack of recruiting the lack of high level visits compared to the other position groups that Arkansas has had what has been going on with the defensive line situation obviously you're bringing in a new coach and we'll see how that goes but why hasn't Arkansas been able to capture some of the the same recruiting elements on the defensive line that they have at pretty much all the other position groups some of it is because of the the changing of the coaching staff uh as far as at the defensive line you've had back-to-back uh changes there and recruiting is all about relationships and relationships usually go two or three years deep and when you you, you have a change in the staff the coach that uh, replaces has to start all over again and and has to start working on the relationships with kids a lot of the kids that you're seeing in the 2023 class uh, Arkansas has had relationships with over the last uh, two or three years not all but uh, most and that's that's helped them get some early commitments and some very early uh, good commitments. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully with the new defensive line coach, I think you're going to see some sub- more stability. Uh, I think uh, his uh, his experience and his and his uh, connections throughout uh, really in the South because he's he's from he played at Southern Miss and uh, from what I understand and talking to other people. He's pretty strong in Mississippi and Louisiana. So uh, Sam Carter, when he left, he, he, he recruited uh, Louisiana. I think you're going to see him uh, recruit Louisiana and, and uh, do a good job. But uh, everything I've heard about Coach Adams is very good. And, again, being a veteran coach, you, you kind of know what you're getting. Well, and it seems like he has a lot of SEC experience, which we know goes a long way in knowing uh, just how it what it takes to win in this conference and how to be successful in it, too. And I guess that's the thing where, you know, Arkansas is pretty much losing their whole defensive line from this past season. 
Uh, they bring in a little bit, tra- a few transfers and everything. But as far as knowing Barry Odom's defense and the guys that they are going to have, at least on the roster right now, what is that defensive line going to look like? I mean, how what what's the what's the setup in the the depth chart going to look like at this point? Well, that's an interesting question. It all depends on who they add from the portal. Uh, this offseason will, uh, you know, obviously play a, a play a factor. Who develops uh, maybe the, a little bit more than what the you know than they were last year. I mean, it's off season so important. And then we'll have a better idea probably in the spring about, uh, you know, who, who, who uh, could be uh, guys that they could count on on the defensive line. And then, then again, it, it's all about who they add from the portal. And I think it's very important that they add some guys that are capable of doing some, some, something similar to what uh, uh, the three guys did uh, this past season. Uh, that's that's going to be key, I really think, going forward for next year. I'm looking at the signing class, of course, and you know there's a lot of players in there that are addressing some needs, especially for Arkansas. But just as far as everybody that you've covered and you've looked at and you've scouted and everything, which particular player are you most excited to see? Because I think that everyone gets into recruiting because they want to see you know maybe the next big thing. But which one of these players do you feel like not only can make a huge impact for Arkansas, but could make a huge impact immediately once he steps foot on campus? That's a good question because, you know, all, all these guys are outstanding football players. I, I, something I think that's overlooked a lot. A lot of times most of these guys have anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20 offers. So obviously a lot of other schools saw the same thing that Arkansas saw. How well do they trans, trans, uh, uh, translate, transform from high school to, high, uh, to, to Arkansas, the SEC level, that's the key. And a lot of times it's the skill guys that can uh, can make that transition a little easier. Uh, Isaiah Centania is obviously one from Fayetteville, has the speed that you're looking for. And uh, now the only concern is maybe his lack of size. He's about 5'11", about 170 pounds. But obviously the speed is, is a difference maker for him. And then I really like Quincy McAdoo from uh, Clarendon. I think he's a guy that's he's a bigger receiver, about 6'1", 6'2", uh, very elusive. I think uh, he's a guy to keep an eye on. He, uh, he's, on he's currently on campus while, while Isaiah is obviously going to be running track this spring. So I, I like him. I like the linebackers. And, 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 and at a position that I rarely think that, you know, somebody can come in as a true freshman in uh, – give Arkansas some uh, immediate, uh, you know, help is at the offensive line. I really like uh, Andrew Chamblay and then uh, Marion Harris and Patrick Coutes. Uh, all three of those guys I think could potentially play next year. Uh, I'm not saying starting, but uh, definitely being the t- too deep, potentially. Again, it's all depend- depends on how they developed uh, – developing the offseason. Patrick's the only one that's not on campus right now. But a Marion Harris – Six seven, three seventy. He'll probably drop down to about three forty, but I could see him possibly uh, being moved in from tackle to to offensive guard. He's just a road grader. I mean, he's just he's just one of those guys that you see at Alabama that has that massive size that can overwhelm you. Uh, and then uh, Chambly's got those long arms and athleticism that you like at the offensive tackle position. But uh, I, I I really like the offensive line. Well, and that's kind of the thing that I know I don't want to take any credit away, but it's crazy to think that, you know, you had Brad Davis as the offensive line coach. He leaves for LSU. 
Cody Kennedy goes from tight end coach into the offensive line coach position. And in year one, he's up for the Brawls Award. I mean, it's just, it's just, again, I'm not taking anything away from, but isn't it just one of those things like how much is Sam Pittman involved with that offensive line? Because he's an offensive line coach. Does he, is he really good at just kind of letting Cody Kennedy and those guys do their thing? Or does his handprint in there? Is he still getting in there because he knows how important it is to have a great offensive line in this league? No, I think you make a point. I think I think he has a tremendous amount of uh, respect and confidence in Cody Kennedy, and you got to give Cody a lot of credit. But I, I'm sure that uh, you know, hey, if he sees something that uh, maybe needs to be addressed as an offensive line coach, hey, you're the head coach. Why not make a, a, a you know a, a point and pointing something out? Uh, but you know, I think he and Cody are such an uh, you know they they work together at Georgia. They, they know one another so well, and, and Cody knows exactly what Coach Pittman, you know, did at, at Georgia. He, he was a witness of that. He, he, he knows what Coach Pittman wants, and obviously he brings his own style too. And you, you look at the offensive line this past season, it was obviously one of the strengths of uh, the, uh, the team. And you got – I mean, for a guy that moved from tight end to, to offensive line – you know, in, in, un, in a situation where it was kind of unexpected when Brad Davis left, I thought Cody Kennedy did an outstanding job. We're going to continue our conversation with Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette here in just a second. But first, you got to tell you about Get Upside, the incredible app that anybody who buys gas, which let's be honest, it's all of us, need to download right now. You're earning cash back on every gallon of gas every time that you fill up. You just download the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE. You'll get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code COLLEGE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. And you can cash out anytime using your bank account, PayPal, or an e gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use promo code SCORE to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. Promo code SCORE using the Get Upside app. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Hawksports.com is our guest. And, and Richard, this is something I am just fascinated by when it comes to college football and especially the, all the comments that were made yesterday between SEC coaches dealing with the NIL. And I'm sure that this has been a whole element that you've been asked about, too. But just out of curiosity, you cover recruiting and you got people saying, oh, well, it's and and they paid all this money to get this recruiting class and paying these guys an NIL. How much does the NIL actually play into recruiting right now? At least, is it more than what we think? Is it less than what we think? I mean, how much is it a factor? That's a good question. And, and I think it all depends on the individual and the, and, and the family. Uh, some families, and in, in talking to uh, the kids and the, and the parents, I, I can get a sense of uh, how, how, how hard they're looking at the NIL situation with schools. And I've seen that. I've heard that. I've had discussions with uh, with families about that. 
and it, it, it's it's all up to the individual. Uh, before NIL, it was all about how, how can you get to me get get me to the league. Uh, do, do you have you sent guys at my position to the league? What's the what's the history of the school doing that? And then obviously the, the the connections with the coaches. Now you throw this in there, and heck, you cannot dismiss the potential to make money for some of these kids. I mean, I, you're you're seeing some numbers out there uh, that are very very uh, very interesting and, and potentially life changing. And I think you have to take a look at that. And with Texas A and M, uh, you know, we, we don't know for sure, but you look at they had the best recruiting class they've ever had in their in their history and one of the better classes probably in in college football history uh and all of a sudden it comes along with the you know uh, the NIL situation in place it's kind of hard to dismiss that and, and and when you have Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban and other coaches kind of that they know what's going on behind the scenes because they hear things more so than anybody else uh, and and that was addressed, you know, obviously just just the last few days. And uh, uh, Fisher had to kind of talk about it, but it, it it is it. I think going forward, it's gonna it's just right now. It's just the wild wild west. There's no regulations really, very minor uh, regulations in place right now. And 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 and, and until there is, it makes a and it makes a more of a even playing field. For, playing field for everybody involved it's kind of it's it's kind of a scary situation going forward i mean you don't hear a lot of coaches talk about and they won't because it it can be perceived as being whiny or whatever making excuses but i promise you there's a lot of concern behind the scenes with a lot of college coaches because this is this right now is is uh, uncharted territory it's very young in the process of the nil and it's it's just a free-for-all right now so what would you think would be some of the ways that they could regulate it? Because I think there needs to be some sort of regulation. I, I like how, uh, you know, they obviously are offering a lot of opportunities for student athletes, which I believe in. I think name, image and likeness is a good thing. But it like being the Wild West doesn't seem like it's very good for college football. It may not be good for the athletes, may not be good for anybody involved. So what would be some things you'd like to see? adjusted or added or put into place to make this a little bit better and more effective and more beneficial for everybody. How well does the NCA in, in, enforce uh, their current rules? Not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree that, that there needs to be some, uh, I, you know, some, some limitations of, you know, or, or some rules in place, but I just don't have much confidence in the NCA being able to say, well, you broke this rule. You, you offered this kid a million dollars before he even got on campus. Uh, I, I have zero confidence and because we, we, we already see cheating right now, almost like in front of us. And you, you're thinking, how in the world is the NCAA not uh, step in and change this or, or at least, or at least uh, penalize that school? Nothing's nothing happens. I mean, how many schools are, are in trouble right now because of uh breaking recruiting breaking recruiting rules and 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 creating violations it just doesn't happen and i i i don't know i i i'd love to to be able to give you a better answer but until the ncaa really puts some teeth into in, in enforcement and really ups the enforcement 
I don't I don't see I don't see too many things that they can do because people are still going to break the rules. They're going to make promises before kids even get on campus. It's usually, you know, it's, it's it was really set up for kids when they got on campus you know, for for businesses to to kind of look at them and think, OK, this would be a big a good business decision to have this kid represent our company. You well, know, and it's funny. It's funny, too, because like you were bringing up and I'm with you on that. Like I, I have no faith in the NCAA to actually enforce anything. But, you know, between that and then I, I laugh because everyone's talking about A&M and this recruiting class they signed. Well, you know, they can only sign so many players, as we all know. But I'm looking at it, too, where I'm like, OK, well, just wait, because after a year, half of that class will probably be in the transfer portal just because it just seems like that's the way it is now where you, you have these places that have a lot of great players that come in. But these players want to play. They want to be at a place where they can be successful. And now with the transfer portal being the way it is, it's like, well, they could just leave and go to another place. Arkansas was a very big beneficiary of the transfer portal last year and once again this year. So it's almost like with the NIL, with these big-time classes and adding into the transfer portal, it's almost so, so overwhelming to keep up with where it's like you can't tell where who's doing what and where how, where a team are like, oh, well, you know, they, they're not doing very good in recruiting, but they're tearing it up in the transfer portal that kind of changes everything for them. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Transfer portals changed everything along with NIL. Uh, the NIL is something to think about, though, as far as, you know, and I, I don't think it's going uh, to just totally change the game as far as transfers. But if a kid's making two, four $400,000 a year at a school and he's, he's sitting the bench, obviously he's wanting to play. But does that two or $400,000 keep that guy – sitting on the bench, happy about being there, because is he guaranteed to be able to make that same type of money somewhere else? Now, of course, other schools could come in and, and, and say, hey, we're going to – and it's happening now. Could come in, hey, we're going to match that. You, you, can, you can transfer. But do you truly, you know, trust that school to be able to be able to match that two, two or $300,000 that you're making it – at, at, at your current school so uh, there there's a lot of there's a lot of things involved in in, in all of this but uh, you know when when you're talking about the portal too that's a that's a that's a different situation and boy i i got a lot of opinions about that oh i i can only imagine probably spend a whole entire show talking about that type of stuff too for sure but uh, last one for what you get out of here richard uh, you know, we like to have some nonsensical fun here on this podcast as well. But I, I've always been curious because recruiting is 24-7, 365. I mean, it's never stopping. So when do you rest, vacation? Like, do you even get an opportunity to do that? Because I feel like if it was me, then anytime I take a vacation, something big would be happening. How? What is it that you do and how do you get away from it all? Because it's ongoing constantly. Uh. I it's it's probably best to leave the country and and when you you, you <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious I, yeah cause it, it, my wife gets on to me all the time because i i i still i'm still working uh you know it, it's it's very very tough because of uh, social media uh i can post on my twitter account that i'm on vacation i'll be back uh, at this you know certain amount of time but i still get texts tweet uh dms from coaches uh from players from parents and and, and i'm the type of person it's hard for me to do, not uh, answer them or put out the information that they're giving me and uh so uh, it's it's rare that i go 
through, you know, have a vacation without truly, uh, you know, not working at all. But uh, I say that, but I'll say this, the co college coaches nowadays, and I've talked to several, even when they're on vacation, they're putting out fires. They truly don't have a vacation. At least if, if I don't an answer a kid or, or whatever, I'm not going to get fired for it. But, you know, if these guys don't sign the, the, the right guys, the, their jobs are on the line. It's, it's the coaches really, it, it's, it is truly 24 seven for them. And I, I feel for a lot of them, but I, you just got to be geared in a different way. And most of them are. It's definitely the nature of the beast. Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and wholehogsports.com. Richard, great stuff, man. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to chance to get a, leave the country and get away from it all here in just a little bit. All right. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, John.